This is a podcast from WSUM. If you're tuning in now, welcome to Pop Culture Coffee Break. This is a the first episode of our new in-house podcast yes. um, where we talk about things in pop culture. Um, before we get started, we would like to let everyone know that the opinions expressed on this show or on this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. To introduce ourselves... On the board today is me. I'm Camilla Trimberger Ruiz. I'm a DJ at WSUM, the 2023 station manager, and I love consuming media. And I'm here with Sarah. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Kirsch. I'm the talk director of WSUM and have my own talk show, Silly Little Things. I also love to consume media. And today we're talking about Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. And the reason I sound so giddy on the mic is because I just finished the first episode. Yeah. And I have a lot of opinions to talk to you, Sarah, or to tell you. So I'm going to pass the mic to you. What is Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies? Yes. So it is a prequel to Grease, which is the musical that I'm sure we all know and love. Um, It is only on Paramount Plus, which I feel like is really interesting. Because I never used Paramount Plus before coming across this. Like, did the seven-day free trial fully. Me too. Yeah. It premiered in April, and they just released their finale episode on June 1st. Um, There's 10 episodes, one season. And the episodes are an hour long. Yeah, which is, which is pretty long. They were, I well, because I didn't even get to, like, the final credits, because I didn't want to, like, push this back, but yeah. I, was, I was expecting, like, 20, 30 minutes. No, it seems like it would be a, like, 20, 30 minutes show, and then you get in, and it's, like, an hour long. So before we get more into the exact plot, let's talk about how did we get into this, and maybe mm. initial plots. I am someone where, so when I was a kid, Grease was like the movie that I watched on repeat constantly. I think most kids, you know, it's like Frozen, Lion King. I've probably seen the movie Grease like at least 50 times, if not more. You know, that's, I'm I'm shooting under over here. Love that movie. I, I've dressed up as the characters for Halloween's like up into until high school I have I own the vinyl the soundtrack on vinyl I I love it Grease means so much to me and I know it's like it's always referred to like the wine aunt musical but it I love it so I was really shocked and when I heard that this was a thing because I didn't didn't hear about this until like last week on Twitter when a controversy which we'll talk more about (laughs) happened but Sarah how did you hear about the show history fully just heard it from TikTok honestly like was scrolling minding my own business and then Ari who plays Cynthia their videos just started like popping up on my feed the whole entire time um and I was like wait gay musicals okay I'll watch it and then I realized that that's like a subplot and it's not even the main plot and so I was like okay but I do I do love the original Grease that and Mamma Mia I feel like was like the movies my mom and I would always watch together True. like the classics that's a, they're like mom musicals yeah <laughs> um also side note side tangent the TikToks you were seeing from because I don't use TikTok yeah what TikToks were they make was it like behind the scenes stuff it or? was it was like little sneak peeks into the songs so especially you probably didn't get to this because it's not in episode one but the song when Cynthia and Nancy are like singing about their crushes is like it was like trending or whatever yeah okay and it was a cute little video and I was like oh this is so cute I'll watch it can you tell us like more can you give us like a deep plot description yes okay so 
there is like four main girls that I feel like the show kind of circles around and it's kind of centered around Jane. Jane is running for student body president against her very, very, very recent ex buddy. Um, And she's like trying to get her reputation back from a rumor about her and buddy. And she kind of in the process formed a girl gang with three other girls, um, Olivia, Cynthia and Nancy. And they kind of that's how they came up with like the pink ladies name. Um, Jane running for student council. She's also dealing with parental pressure because they like don't want her to get in like bad situations. And but she's like, I want to make real change. Um, yeah. Then there's like the buddy versus Richie, like where they both want to date her. Olivia um, had a relationship with her teacher, and then like someone saw them kissing, and apparently they like got um they got in trouble and she got blamed for it all and so she's like hated by the whole school um she's also um the sister of Richie which is so random there's Cynthia whose main storyline is how she like doesn't feel like she fits into like boy or girl groups and she's like kind of discovers her sexuality throughout the whole season and then Nancy who is an inspiring fashion designer is said to have like no interest in boys and yeah she like secretly wants love but she's like mainly all about like independence girl power that kind of thing yeah there's a lot of side plots but I feel like those are the main ones but I do want to give a shout out to the fact that Jane's younger sister is Frenchie can we talk about that because you know, I knew that this was a prequel to Grease, and I was like, whatever, it's going to be. And for the majority of the episode that I just watched, I just finished watching it like 20 minutes ago, I was like, okay, it's completely like detached, like that's fine, like, I don't know, whatever. But then it's revealed, you know, Jane is talking to her mom, and she's like, oh, and this girl that she's friends with just gave her the nickname Frenchie. And I was like, oh, yeah. like jaw dropped, I was gagged. So there, there's a little stuff with that the first initial thought one thing that i do really like is so and then and then rizzo comes in like yeah later but they're middle schoolers at this time i think that the that the girls playing rizzo and frenchie are like eating like yes like they got it so well because you know i I obviously i came in like skeptical super skeptical because i was like they're gonna like ruin this movie that means so much to me when i was a kid but those two actresses they carry and i might because I don't know if I'm going to watch the rest of the series, but if it's if there's more of them, I'm very interested. Yeah. Um, other initial thoughts. Yeah. Like I said, I was kind of skeptical about it, um, but I do kind of like like all the like the over the overlapping plot lines. Um, I like like the kind of like feminine like just episode one I've only seen, but the, like the feminism kind of vibes. It's like. It's like girl power, but like not in a cringe way. I don't think. Yeah. The, my only vice with it, and I think they get they really nail the campiness of the first Grease, and like it's kind of like the same campiness that you get like in Hairspray, like all like the weird like quirks that all the characters have, and like I don't know making weird noises, like and sound effects, or just like having weird hand gestures. They totally get that. My one vice, maybe two vices with it, I hated all the songs in the first episode bar bar one i think the cynthia song where she was like in episode one when she's like in the the auto shop that was good and the other vice that i have which isn't a real vice but you know in the original grease movie 1978 
everyone is like clearly 40 years old, which I think is such a funny bit. I would have yeah. loved if all these people were also just like clearly 40. See, I feel like <laughs> the only one that looks like the right age is Cynthia, even though the actor is not like yeah. 16 in real life. And then like the actors that play Frenchie. I wanted high schoolers with receding hairlines. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted clear wrinkles, but whatever. We can't get everything that we want. But <laughs> um, Yeah. What were your initial thoughts? I see. I really was watching it for Cynthia in full transparency. And so I was like, what is this Jane plotline? What's going on? I was like, do I really have to watch this? I was kind of bored with the like songs I have to say in the first episode especially like I was like where is this really going like kind of a predictable storyline I would say throughout the whole show which is why I really appreciated the Cynthia storyline yeah I was like fully watching TikTok while I was watching the show though (laughs) so if that's any constellation I was answering emails like during the first episode especially during the songs I think one like they the setup is like it's there it's also sudden i think doing a musical tv show is really hard to do well if it's an i think like children's media does it really well i think crazy ex-girlfriend does it really well but this like i i don't know i feel like it seems so sudden and they were very like auto-tune you could hear the auto-tune so much yeah yeah i really wish the songs were shorter um no they're long yeah they were really long and I was like guys this is an hour-long episode how much are we gonna really put in this um but it was literally like they're really long and then also very auto-tuned I feel like the only person that doesn't have a lot of auto-tune is Cynthia um because the actor can actually sing um I don't know about the other singer history but I don't know any of the background about any of the actresses but like yeah Jane's songs in episode one it was like it was very like it was giving like share like, you could tell. Like, it was aggressive. Like, it was giving talk box. But yeah. <laughs> I think this is a complaint that, like, I've heard a lot with, like, new- newer musicals coming out. I think the Matilda musical, like, that, yeah. like that's what everyone was saying. The The songs are just, like, so forgettable. They're just generic musical theater. They kind of had some of that, like, 50s, like, you could tell that they, that they were using, like, the instruments and the noises. But it still just sounded so, like, contemporary musical theater nothing special yeah have you been listening to the soundtrack i don't know i have not been listening to the soundtrack i am more prone to stay on the tiktoks where it's cynthia singing that's about it for me yeah like i feel like there's like one memorable song later in the season but that's about it like like maybe one but that's only because of my personal interest but like for generally i feel like it wasn't that memorable exactly and i know it was like a tall plate to fill is that the right phrase yeah. that i'm using tall order because the like original grease soundtrack iconic but i think just cutting out all the songs would have saved so much of like my problems with this like just you could the episodes could have been like 40 minutes and i would yeah. have been fine they're all they're all like over an hour which is yeah. it was a lot they but. could have just added like one song and then made yeah. it 40 minutes exactly like, one little feature you know like one or two go singing episode, you yeah. know an homage to the fact that greece is a musical but i did not need it was like what three four songs and yep. they were like i couldn't even tell you what any of them were about yeah Let's switch over to some of the other themes that, like, Rise of the Pink Ladies is tackling. Um, I'll yeah. pass the mic over to you again. I, I feel like the one of the main themes is definitely feminism. And I feel like that's been 
the main reason the show's been really criticized. Um, like, I was scrolling through Google reviews, and, like, a lot of people were like, this is woke propaganda. Like, <laughs> this is literally, like, they were like, this is just, like, clearly just, like, an activist thing. Like, and I don't know. I thought the way they talked about feminism wasn't bad. Like, they were talking a lot about, like, dress code and about, like, respecting women. I thought that was, like, a good way. I mean... Like, I do get the whole girl gang notion, like, how everyone was like, why is it, like, a girl gang? But, like, I don't know. I thought it was, like, not badly represented. I don't think any of us needed a Grease prequel, but I think that it tackles, like, at least the feminism very well. It was, I wasn't cringing when they were kind of introducing those themes. The original Grease kind of took those, like, you know, issues that were present in, like, the 1970s and kind of... You like we looked at those through like a 1950s lens, and I think we're doing that again with this re like this prequel. We're looking at issues that we see like in 2023, but through the lens if it's like 1954 or whatever. Um, it's it's definitely going farther than just like girl boss feminism. It it's nuanced, and I I liked it. I think it was very like girl power, but in a fun way that doesn't see feel like she eo derogatory. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so they also talked a little bit about race. I feel like that was, like, with a very lighter touch because there was, like, two black kids in the whole school. And one of them, I don't remember her name, but, like, she got, like, maybe a tiny, the tiniest little sliver of side plot with Buddy later in the show. Like, literally the tiniest sliver. And, yeah, I know some people on Google reviews were, like, complaining about it. Which was really weird for me. They're like, it doesn't fit with the time zone. Like, I was like, it kind of, I mean, I would argue differently, but yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Brown versus Board was 1954, guys. Like, And I think this is when this show starts. Also, this takes place in Greece. The movie musical takes place in California. So I think it totally makes sense, like, having that integration. I don't think you can make a TV show nowadays that doesn't have like that or like a historical TV show that doesn't have like colorblind casting to some extent. I don't think it makes sense. Um I totally like I don't think they were really forcing any racial subplots, but and I know you have this written down. I really like how like the Jane subplot with her being mixed race, yeah. that being white passing, um as someone that is, you know, comes from like a mixed race home that but is I know I look heavily like my white parent well I think they tackle it very well it was very like subtle not in your face but like I think like Jane's mom talking about like do you know don't speak Spanish at school Mm -hmm. don't do this like don't let people know was super it was well it was very subtle but like really well done so I thought it was interesting also then seeing Jane like accept that part of her and like come to terms with it and like kind of be like mom no you know what it's still about me. Yeah, and that brings that like adds an extra like layer to the love triangle between her and Richie and Buddy. Buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know because it's like you know Buddy's like white, kind of representing like that path that she can do- go down, or like Richie like accepting more of like her culture, but like how Puerto Ricans are viewed. Like I-, I haven't seen Bridgerton, but I think it's like the same thing where it's like the extras and like the background characters can just be like totally colorblind casting. But I think it makes more sense to just have like some sort of like racial undertone or like you have to it has to be acknowledged in some way i think especially like because you know the 1970 greece movie i don't think there's any yeah seeing that you know despite once again it's like california in like the 50s so it would it is an area that is like way more diverse it was weird 
that they like you know all the main characters they kind of get like their race pointed out like they acknowledge it but a lot of the extras like like the preppy kids where there are like there are like um black preps but it's like okay but why is that not acknowledged like Mm -hmm. it's almost weirder i would have almost like it made it would have almost made more sense if that group was like still all white to kind of add another layer because it was like okay we're pointing out that people are puerto rican and italian and jewish and asian but we're not mentioning like blackness in any aspect Mm -hmm. but we're like putting them in the popular group i don't know yeah i think also kind of going off of that richie's character and the discourse around his character yeah yeah (laughs) so no one was talking about this show i didn't hear about this until i saw on twitter that apparently his actor had dropped out halfway through. If you have been on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen this clip um, where they just like uh, superimpose his face onto someone else. And it does not look good. Yeah, because I feel like also the storyline of cutting him out was so weird. It's like, oh my gosh, Richie and Buddy got into a fight and then... They both got expelled and then like, but then Buddy gets to come back and it was so weird. And they're like, oh, they shipped Richie up to the military. Like, I was like, what? Do we know why his, why his actor left? Richie's actor left the show, I think by the seventh episode and then Paramount Plus did not say anything as to why. But I thought it was interesting because I'm pretty sure that Richie's actor is dating Jane's actor. I'm like, oh, 90% sure on that because everyone was like oh my gosh they have so much like like they have so much good tension between them and it like it's so it looks so real I'm pretty sure and I think I don't know I wonder because if Paramount Plus hasn't said anything maybe I maybe I'll do afterwards like I'll do some digging on like Instagrams and such to see if I can but like this show has had like no press at all outside of that someone pointing out that horrible scene on Twitter which I think is the reason like it's the reason why I watched it and I think the only reason other people have heard of it I don't know why Paramount has not pushed this at all of I mean of course I think there's so many maybe it's just like something with streaming that there's so many new shows all the time yeah Um, they've been really pushing it through TikTok have they okay their uh their official like TikTok account is like going crazy I see so many videos of them really yeah I think that's their main marketing strategy I suppose I don't know I feel like I'm surprised I haven't seen anything more because like you know like I said earlier Grease is a very like mom aunt type musical Mm -hmm. um I think I'm like an outlier and enjoying the 1970 movie so much I you know, I was bringing, I was talking about this before we started recording, but I used to work at a karaoke bar in Madison. And last summer, when Olivia Newton John passed, like the, like that, I was, you know, I was on the shift that day. The amount of times I heard Hopelessly Devoted to You, like, and it was just like people over like 40 coming into the bar. I, I would <laughs> sing that at a karaoke bar. Such a good song. I would. I would. I don't know. I'm surprised they weren't trying to get that market more. It's kind of weird. They're, I mean, I guess it's tackling a lot of, like, you know, Gen Z issues through this lens, but I don't know. Marketing campaign has been weird. Like, no one else is, no one outside of TikTok and maybe, like, Twitter. It was. was I'm, like, like, forcing my friends to watch it, and they're like, how, like, what even is this? And I'm like, no, it's good, I swear. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I know you haven't heard anything about it, but it's so fun. (laughs) I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I think they, like I said earlier, they really nailed, like, that campy type like 1950s vibe yeah 
But um, I guess moving over to sexuality. Yeah. So Cynthia has a plot line and so does. Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad for not knowing his name off the top of my head. I think his name's Edward, but his they call him Shy Guy, and his whole plot is about like how he hates to be called Shy Guy, and I'm like, I don't remember your name, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like they have a weird like solidarity thing going on throughout the show because they're both assumed to be queer, and then Cynthia later comes out, and I feel like this coming out scene was like so amazingly done. It's on episode 10, um, and they don't even like explicitly say it. So, like, by that point, Cynthia's kissed another girl a couple of times. She's, like, acknowledged she has feelings for the girl. And then, like, Nancy comes over and Nancy's like, I know something's been up with you. What's going on? And Cynthia's like, I don't want to say it out loud. And so she writes something down, but we don't get to see what the paper says. And then they have, like, a hugging, crying moment. And it's, like, it's, like, an implied coming out scene, but no one really knows. And... I thought it was really interesting, but I feel like Ari, the actor that plays Cynthia, really did it so well because Ari is non-binary and, like, they're just such an incredible singer and actor and, like, they probably put so much of their personalness into that. But, yeah, I thought it was, like, such an interesting coming out scene. Like, one you don't really see. The silent coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Edward slash Shy Guy slash whatever his real name is. Um, I don't think he had a coming out scene besides that he was like, yeah, I'm not like anyone else. And Cynthia was like, same. And it was like, besties. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the show writers kind of planned it because they released that episode on June 1st, start of Pride Month, all about Cynthia's coming out line. And I was like, wait, I feel like this is planned. I, I don't know. If it was, like, just because they're, like, oh, yeah, it'll, like, get marketing up, like, it'll get us more streams, like, to have a gay plot line. But I also feel like it kind of fits. I kind of think they could have gone, like, the gender route as much as sexuality route because Cynthia the entire time is, like, I don't fit in with the guys or the girls, you know? So it could be that route, too. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting because I feel like it's very... Like, at that time, it obviously was not as accepted as, like, it is now. So yeah. it's, like, the fact that they're just chilling with that is really interesting. Like, in a hopeful way. Yeah. In no, a good way. I thought it was done well. I mean, obviously, like, you know, she starts out hanging with the T-Birds. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, other stories, like, from that time that kind of deal with that. I mean, I can't. Not Nothing else. Like, usually when people do... I think now we're at a point in, you know, society where, you know, we're getting stuff where it's like historical fiction, but it's it's really tackling like it's going full on for like race and stuff, but we don't see a lot of like of sexual gender and sexuality told through that lens. Yeah. Um cuz I don't know if I have any like critiques for how, you know, the T-Birds kind of handled that cuz I don't know how people would have handled that. Yeah. Like I think the two routes where there's be like, you know, you're a girl at the end of the day, which is kind of what they go with, but I think the other option would be like, oh, Cynthia isn't like other girls, but I I feel like that's the route they went that where they were like, oh my gosh, she's just like not like other girls, so we can like hang out with her, but then they also like refused to give her a T-bird's jacket when she wanted it. Like cuz they're like you're a girl, you can't be a T-bird. Yeah. So, it was like an interesting line. I think in that context it like makes sense. Like that it like yeah. within like the the universe that this takes place in, mm-hmm. yeah. Other than that, do we have any 
I think closing thoughts. I is it time for closing thoughts? I think it was an interesting show, a fun background show, like one that you watch while you're like doing dishes or like just like writing in your journal or like doing other stuff too. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I like I said earlier, I came in skeptical. It they really hit the nail on the head in so many aspects, but I think the music is just so not my vibe yeah this is something where it's like you know it's the summer we have time i could throw this on in the background while like i deep clean my apartment but i don't know maybe i'll watch a few more episodes see how it goes but this isn't something that i think i'm going to remember if i have the choice i'm you know i'm gonna plug in my dvd of the original grease yeah enjoy some good songs sing and dance around my kitchen yeah, exactly but i don't think it was a waste of my time but I am not gonna pay for Paramount Plus for this. Yeah, no, me neither. I think that's all we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of Pop Culture Coffee Break. Uh, if it all goes well, we will be back next, next week. week. Um, what are we talking about next week? I forget. Um, uh, maybe Asteroid City. Potentially, potentially Asteroid, Asteroid City. Um, and if you guys. Uh, Want to hear more from us? Check uh, out WSUM.org. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't plan an outro really. That is it. <laughs> yes.